welcome again to the Just Shiatsu podcast. As always, I'm your host, Justin Zielinski. And today I wanted to continue uh, my, my look into Masanaga's work. I do want to be clear with this, that I, I am literally just looking through his written work and trying to interpret some of the things he'd said there. It's probably clear to assume that not everything he ever discovered or taught people is written in his work and that he may have also altered these opinions throughout time. You know, I think there's a big difference in the two books as to when they were written too. So there's definitely a little different tone between each book. So I've been trying to combine these thoughts and ideas, you know, and just look at them from a purely analytical perspective and, you know, going through, you know, my experiences as well. So this is not definitively how Masunaga thought about it or how he may have taught some of his other students. But I just wanted to look through the written work and, you know, analyze that and take away, see what, or at least see what we can take away from, from looking at it from this perspective. So I wanted to continue again today. I think last week we spent a lot of time talking about some more of the technical aspects of what makes Zen Shiatsu different or special in its, in its approach. And, when I'm going through his work, he does seem to express this idea that touch is by far the supreme diagnostic. He does mention the other forms of you know, observation and questioning that are, are definitely an important part of the process. What happens if you question and you ask somebody, and you know, if you're really deep into the theoretical ideas in Chinese medicine, you should be able to develop a treatment theoretically just from the conversation and questioning but what happens if the touch doesn't match the theory well in masunaga's teachings the touch is the true treatment regardless of whatever theoretical ideas you can think of you know prior to getting that touch diagnosis and it's important also to understand that masunaga was always talking about restoring the vital functions of the body, you know, promoting the healthy movements of the organs back into to the body, which is a little different of a way to look at treating disease too, because most um, treatment styles are based off of, you know, making a diagnosis and treatment based off of the symptoms. This is just a diagnosis and treatment based off of where you're at in life. You know, we talked about that a little bit in the last one, so that should be kind of clear at this point. But the other aspect of Masanaga's writings is he, he does say that it does require a specific sort of touch. It's not just any touch. You know, it's a touch that's done with, with sympathy and compassion for the people you're working with. And I like, he says in the beginning of the Zen Shiatsu book, this idea of feeling the echo of life. And to me, I still don't quite 100% know what he was, was saying because I would have to speak with him to really understand that. But if I have to speculate as to what that might mean and my experiences, to me, this is the same idea I keep talking about of using an open heart while you're working on someone. You know, it's that Shen Ming aspect of yourself, letting that truly flow. That's what, you know, being a place of calm, serene, you know, it's a, it's a loving place to be. You know, this is the, the touch that you need to, to work and restore healthy function to another's body. And the other thing he, he says in his in his books is if this is the sort of touch you use, it will have a stronger effect than say someone who is like extremely technically proficient in the work, 
but maybe might be lacking this touch, the person with the better quality of touch will get the better results. So this often makes me think, well, what are we really doing when we're touching people? If we try to break it down very simplistically, right? The whole purpose of shiatsu is to free movement in the body. And how are we freeing this movement? Well, we're providing an impetus to the key. You could look at it as we're providing impetus through, you know, compression. Or we could be providing impetus through being in the presence of this other person. It's, a, it's like when you walk into a room and you see someone smile and you know you want to be with that person. Right? That they, they look welcoming. They look inviting. You know, someone who might be pleasurable to be around. That is affecting the energetic movements in your body. And then we all can think of probably a time when we walked in a room and we didn't feel so comfortable or we, we look at someone and we don't find them so inviting or we don't want to be around them, right? That also has having an effect on your health. This is kind of how I look at like this vibrational resonance that happens between people. And the more you can open your heart and the more you can allow an openness within yourself, the more the receiver can feel that and the more you know the person who's getting the treatment can react to that and has more freedom to be who they are without the judgment that is so common you know outside of these safe scenarios we create and then there's another aspect of this work that i personally find very intriguing and it's it has to do with a a, a taoist idea um usually called wu wei and it often gets translated as non-doing and i personally have always hated this translation because to me when you say non-doing that means i lay down in bed and i do nothing and that is not what is meant by this this term but unfortunately that's how it gets translated into english and it seems to be pretty consistent across the board you know often i'll often hear you know statements somebody saying i'm not doing anything well, you're doing something. There wouldn't be a reason why you're having a purpose to your movements if you're not doing something. And this is something that just always kind of angers me when people start to get a little cheeky philosophically and, and but I'm not doing anything. Ha, ha, ha. No, you're doing something. The idea between, you know, of, of really trying to do something with a lot of intent and a lot of focus, a lot of purpose, is sometimes we're interfering with another's ability to move properly because we aren't the unknowable heavenly knowledge that exists within a body. We're always coming from a place of experience and ego when we're working with our intellect. So as long as we're intellectually trying to work with someone, we're always pushing an agenda on them. And as long as we are trying, there can be a protective aspect that can present itself in your receiver even if they don't know it, because these energetic vibrations or responses to each other that just don't always seem to, to match a logical explanation will react to each other. And when we create this protective touch, we're actually creating the tension in the body that we are trying to eliminate. But if we don't try to put too much intellect or an, or an agenda into the treatment, we remove the need for protection, right? Now they don't have to worry about not doing what we're trying to do. Instead, it just happens, right? It's my belief, and you know, this is what most medicine is based on, is trying to just correct the internal movements of the body because the body naturally moves to health when it has the ability to. 
So when we, we open our hearts and our minds and, you know, really begin to be with another person, you know, this can resemble, you know, some aspects of meditation as well. So you could look at treatment as a, as a two-person meditation on life. I like to think of it that way sometimes. How does that heal, right? I mean, we're just sitting there doing nothing. One way you could look at it is if you have two bulbs of the same strength, if you light one and then light another, the brightness always increases, right? So it's not like they're doing nothing even though we're at the same strength. We enhance or they enhance each other, right? They make everything brighter. And this sometimes you'll hear people say the word resonance. And resonance is when, you know, an object is vibrating at a natural frequency and then it brings a second object into that same vibrational frequency. And that vibration, I don't know how to measure it or what to call it. We can just call it a healthy life, right? And it's my belief that whichever frequency has a healthier vibration in it is the one that is always being moved towards. And that's why I think it's important as a, as a practitioner or a giver, you need to also try to embody living somewhat of a healthy lifestyle and, you know, learning how to calm and, and be in a serene state so that you can be a, be that healthier resonance for somebody. And, you know, just like the light bulbs, it's the connection with another that just boosts this natural, you know, vibrational health that's, that's in all of us. So I want to take a step back and just talk about this idea of, of non-doing just a little bit more. I've, I've listened to a couple different people talk on it and try to understand exactly what, what a Taoist perspective of, of non-doing might be. And it gets, you know, it's philosophical, so it gets a little, little nonsensical as philosophy does sometimes. You know, we can... We can think about a lot of stuff in weird ways if we just want to want to do that, I guess might be the way to say it. So it starts with this idea of being in the flow of life and just allowing it to happen around you. It doesn't mean you're standing still and doing nothing, but it means you're moving with that flow. So if something presents itself, you move with it instead of fighting it. Right? You don't swim against the current. That would be the opposite of non-doing. That would be trying or, or pushing against, right? This is not the idea of non-doing. And another translation, which I really like when it comes to this idea of way or non-doing is, is sometimes it, be, it can be translated as effortless action. And to me, that really kind of embodies how I'm understanding it. And that doesn't mean do nothing. It's letting go and having no expectation. And in body work, this is what I mean by the intelligence of the body is already there. I don't need to tell it to do anything. It is in our nature to be alive and to heal when possible. And it's our doing that stops that. And we've talked about this even in the, the classical Chinese medicine that we were, we were talking about earlier. This idea of, you know, not following the flow of the four seasons or choosing to do things that we know aren't healthy for the pleasure of it. And when I usually hear people talk about this flow state or this, you know, effortless action, you know, you, you will get a lot of reference to sports players. You know, it's like those moments when they're so in the game, they can't miss a shot. Everything just moves for them in the way it should, and they seem unstoppable. It's a time when the expectations are un- unclear, but yet something is being done. I think this can be expressed too, like in whenever you find yourself just caught in a project or doing something, and the pleasure becomes so just a part of the doing that time doesn't seem to exist, but then all of a sudden you look up and four or five hours are gone, and yet you still feel energized to to move through this project. To me, this is 
also another element of this this non-doing this effortless effortless action right it just keeps flowing without much much fight against it might be the way to say it you know the external stimulus disappear and everything just becomes the action and in these moments you you always seem to know the correct moment to act without much thought it just just flows and happens right the idea of flowing so sorry for the sidetrack it's just one of those things that i find interesting so i like to 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 research and think about it every now and then but let's get back to shiatsu and the and the healing process right well how do we know we need to heal well we we know we need to heal when we realize a change is needed it is because of the life you have lived to this point that whatever is affecting you is affecting you we could say you weren't listening inward you know you're letting your ego do the the heavier lifting as opposed to you know the shen helping you move through life you know and again this this can relate back a little bit to that wu wei type of aspect but if we're being sick from the things that we are doing in life this means that we need to do the opposite of what made us sick you know if you have a necessity for medicine it is an indication that we are living abnormally and not in a natural way and the power that is always healing regardless of the modality you go into it's always you it's never anything more even in allopathic medicine they're literally just trying to correct what they can observe is wrong so that the body then can take over to finish the healing process if you're continually taking a pill to offset an issue but it never improves i hate to tell you but you're not healing all you're doing is hiding a symptom or living with a symptom and you know in some cases this is all there is to offer within some of the modalities that are out there and i'm not saying they're wrong because if your quality of life improves this is definitely a good thing but true healing won't require medicine anymore you know and as as we do the healing work you know and in shiatsu we're bringing more awareness to the discomforts of what it is to be you and as we bring more awareness to these discomforts you might start to get an awareness of its cause right and like we were talking before if we know the cause then we know how we can change it and this is the real healing you know real healing is self-healing it's self-recognition it's ultimately self-love right that's what real healing is so i want to quote something from one of masanaga's books that i that i found interesting because you know in this world of body work where we're just trying to always bring about a healing movie movement in the body it can it gets questionable it's like what can i really help with in this shiatsu world of medicine right well this is a direct quote from masunaga and he goes it's not wrong to believe that shiatsu can cure all disease but you will find that failure will result if the patient's resistance is not broken down. And what does he mean by the resistance of the patient? Well, part of the resistance is we can't help another person until they they want to work on it them work on it for themselves, right? You can't forcefully heal anybody. And then there's another aspect of healing that I don't think we think about too often, right? Masanaga says that some people have an unconscious de desire to remain sick 
And this is why a treatment given to two different people produce different results. And it's always easier to blame the practitioner for these, these outcomes. Reading this made me think that maybe we need to always be looking a little more inward why the healing isn't happening for ourselves. You know, I dealt with anxiety for a long time, as you may have heard on, on my anxiety podcast. But I often went back to it out of fear of change myself. So, you know, like I was having trouble healing because I was also afraid of the unknown. What's my life look like without anxiety? I know what it looked like with it. That was at least something I knew. So there was a comfort in it, even though it wasn't comfortable. But if it really was to heal and go away, I didn't know what that looked like. And the unknown is always scary. Even if it's a positive unknown, you don't really know it's positive until you get there, right? It's unknown. And I think these are questions that we should ask ourselves when we're trying to go through healing processes and maybe things aren't, aren't working out as they should. You know, it could be the result of the work you're actually getting. I don't want to say everything is your own fault because that's silly. You know, there are such things as getting bad body work or getting bad medicine. Like there's many cases of this in the real world. So it's not always the reason, but it's just something to think about when you're trying to heal, but something doesn't seem to be sparking that, that healing movement to happen. But this also means that to truly heal, it is not solely the responsibility of the healer, but it's your responsibility also. To heal, you need to change what made you sick. As a practitioner, practitioner of shiatsu, I can clear the blocks, but if you continually do the thing that created the block, it will never clear. We'll clear it and you'll go back to the activity that's creating the block, which will then re-block that movement, right? And health will not be obtainable. And Masanago gave this, this analogy in his writing, which I liked. It's like if you wanted to stop treating injured soldiers. You don't just dress their wounds and patch them up, right? They're going to keep coming. The war is the cause. You need to stop the war. You know, if you continually just come to a modality and expect them to heal you, but you don't want to change anything, that's what it's like. It's like getting healed and then going back out to get hurt. Getting healed and going back out to get hurt. You know, that makes it really hard to properly heal. So there's one other aspect I wanted to look at about healing, and this is the recovery process. And Masanaga wrote a little bit about some of the responses that, that might happen during the recovery process from shiatsu. And this is just examples of, of what could happen. These aren't the totality of everything that happens in a recovery. Sometimes none of these, these things will even take place. But it's important to understand that these could be the outcomes that happen through a healing experience, right? You know, he, he says recovery is not always painless and symptom-free. Initially, sometimes the opposite happens. You can get a strong reaction. And when you get these strong reactions, it's, re it's viewed as a releasing and moving out, right? If you're, if you're working through chronic symptoms and they are brought back to the acute stage, this can be looked at as they are getting ready to be expelled. The holding has stopped and they're starting to move out. Now, we do want to see 
a recovery over time. These symptoms won't persist, you know, for long periods of time, but they will happen occasionally throughout the healing process. And it gets tricky, you know, to say, I shouldn't say it gets tricky. This can be a cop out during some treatment processes too. But time is the way to know, you know, are we really making progress or is this actually getting worse? The good thing about getting a reaction during a treatment means that we're creating new movement. We're creating change. And these are aspects of healing. You know, one thing I can say for sure is if you get a treatment and nothing happens, nothing means that nothing new is moving and we are getting no results. So whatever you're doing with that regard, you know, whatever modality you're experiencing or whatever you're going through, if nothing new is happening, then nothing is happening. I mean, that's just the simple equation, right? <laughs> so the real thing to think about in regards to these healing processes, so if, if something gets worse after one treatment, don't always get so disheartened. Sometimes it can get temporarily worse to cure completely. And nothing ever changes without pus pushing through some blocks. And this is on all levels. I mean, even on the mental levels, if you want to heal, you have to push through your fears and your blocks, right? It's the same thing through the body. But through the body, we experience it physically instead of mentally, right? So the, the one thing to really think about through all this is that healing can involve many steps. If you're going through these processes and it seems like change is happening slowly, or it may seem like nothing is happening. But looking back, you can see it has. It's like when you're trying to lose weight, right? And you, you look at yourself in the mirror every day and nothing ever changes when you look at yourself every day. You see yourself. This, the incremental changes of weight loss are slow enough that if you just looked at yourself every day, your mind would adjust to that image and you would feel like nothing is happening. But then you run across a friend you haven't seen in a year and they comment on how great you look, how much weight it seems you've lost. You know, these are sometimes how healing can be. It can feel like not much is happening. You're getting subtle results. And yes, I get it. We all wish everything went away immediately. I wish as the practitioner, I could make it go away immediately for you. But that's just not always how it works. You know, sometimes things take time to move through the body. You know, if you've had something for, you know, a decade, does it sound very logical that one or two treatments would, would get rid of that? I'm not saying it's impossible because I hate limiting the possibilities. But references from other people's work and ideas of what they've gone through and worked through say that it's probably going to be a longer process. So, you know, in any healing aspects, be patient, love yourself, and you know, allow the changes to happen. You know, be an active role in your healing. Well, that's all I have to say today. As always, I hope that I've enlightened your, your day a little bit. I think I want to look at Masunaga's ideas on what the movements represent in the body for him on a physical level or by comparing it to the Western anatomy of, of these movements. This is partially the main reason why I went into studying 
the Chinese medicine. And I actually haven't gone back and done this comparison yet. So we're going to do it together. You're going to hear me talk about it for the first time as I look back and forth between the two and see if I can make some, some connections. I'm sure they're there, but I just want to see. You know, can I, what do I see? What was Masanaga trying to get at? Well, thank you as always. And I hope everyone has a great week. 